Hello people, how are you doing? Welcome to the When in Yorkshire podcast. My name is Lucio. I hope you're all doing absolutely splendidly well. Um, So we're on episode 10 of the When in Yorkshire podcast, which is a surprise to me for something that started off as a bit of a a joke idea on my way to work and a series of emails that I didn't think I'd get replies to. Um, Here we are in double figures. So thank you very much to all my guests so far and the ones that I've got booked in. And thank you very much to everybody that's listened, liked, subscribed, shared, anything. Uh, Started listening, turned it off, you know, fair enough. Thanks for giving it a go at least. Um, So this week, episode 10, um, is one of the guests that I kind of thought, well, I'll give it a go and uh, see what comes back. He's an incredibly busy man. um, And I know that he's probably in quite high demand. This turned out to be the case. It's uh, Frank Turner of Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls. Um, Mongol Horde and formerly Million Dead. Now, um, this we tried to line this up a couple of times, but as I said, he's he's an incredibly busy man, um, and we managed to make this work for his Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls gig at the First Direct Arena, um, which has a ridiculous lineup. Um, Jimmy Eat World supporting, which. Seemed like I'd read that wrong when I when I saw the announcement, um, and uh, Grace Petrie, who was also fantastic, um, do check her out as well. I believe she's got a tour coming up very shortly and seems to be incredibly hard working. So we'll no doubt be touring the country and the globe for the fourth foreseeable future. So check her out too. Um, yeah, like I say, I. Would, very, very pleased to be able to speak to Frank. Um, we had limited time, but we managed to cram a whole load of stuff in. There was a whole bunch of stuff that um, I didn't get around to speaking to him about, um, and a load of stuff that I purposefully didn't talk to him about. Um, I do mention it um, during the episode, but just forewarning, I don't talk to him about Million Dead. Um, I feel that that's all been documented in a lot of detail and done very well. Um, I do mention, and will do now, if you want to hear about Million Dead, um, then do check out the Punks in Pubs podcast, which is great. So you should check that out anyway. Um, also check out Frank's talk, uh, chat with Scroobius Pip on his podcast, and also um, on Lead Singer Syndrome podcast, another great one. There are so many good guests on there as well. If you like music-based podcasts, with, as it says, lead singers, then do check that out. It is well worth your time. There's so many fantastic guests um, that he's managed to get on that. So check all of those out if you want to hear about Million Dead, because I don't cover it. Um, like I say, yeah, we cover uh, quite a lot of stuff. Um, Frank talks about Maiden, which is, which is brilliant, um, and his tattoos, and a whole load of other stuff. I'm not going to give it all away. Um, and we also cover off the quiz as well. I get around to doing the Yorkshire Not Yorkshire quiz. And we'll see how he does on that, uh, being a Mastermind champion. If you haven't seen Frank on Mastermind, again, that's quite entertaining. And his knowledge of Iron Maiden is outstanding. So yeah, check that out. I'm sure it's online somewhere. Before we start this episode, um, I'd just like to let you know 
again, um, for those of you who have listened before, about one of my favourite Yorkshire-based companies, um, and they're my very good friends at the Whitby Brewery. Um, They actually get a mention in this episode as well. So, um, Mr Richard Wells, director, or the Grain Chieftain, as he likes to be known, would like to tell you about the brewery. So, in his own words, at the Whitby Brewery, we believe local is best and that's why we set about bringing local craft brewing back to Whitby. And now you can enjoy our delicious Yorkshire ales in our brewery beer garden. Enjoy a pint of Abbey Blonde, Whitby Whaler or Jet Black at our tap room on Whitby's East Cliff, just opposite the Abbey. This is open for you every day until 6pm and now until 9pm on Fridays and Saturdays. And we've just been granted a licence to put on plays, gigs and other events. For details of forthcoming events, visit whitby-brewery.com or if you're an artist or musician looking for a place to showcase your talents, please get in touch. Um, So that's from Mr Richard Wells. I'd also like to add that um, I love the brewery. I love its beers. Um, I love many beers. Um, Their beers are particularly good, specifically the, the Jet Black and also the IPA if you're looking for recommendations. And you can visit the online store as well if you don't get a chance to visit Whitby. Um, and you can use the offer code when in Yorkshire, all one word, and get 10% off when using the online store. However, if you are in Whitby, I do recommend going and, and searching it out. Um, you can drive there, but I'd, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, if you're in Whitby, do take a walk. It is at the top of the 199 steps. So if you ever needed an excuse to sit down and have a pint, I believe that's probably as good as any excuse you'll ever get. So yeah, check it out. That's the Whitby Brewery. That's whitby-brewery.com. Here it is. Enjoy. This is episode 10 with Frank Turner. Yes, here we are. Diving straight in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm here with Frank Turner. We're at the First Direct Arena. Yes, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm well. I'm a, I was DJing last night after a show <laughs> in Manchester, which means that there have been some parts of this morning that were a little rough around the edges. Excellent. But, you know, I had a shower and a nice big breakfast and several gallons of coffee, and I'm starting to feel a bit better now. Excellent, excellent. All ready to go for the show. Mm. Awesome, awesome. Um, so I'm going to go through a few questions. The sure. stuff that I am... Um, <laughs> For uh, people listening that I'm not going to cover because it is uh, well documented. <laughs> um, so Million Dead, I feel I- I've listened to so many interviews um, where you've detailed a lot of yeah. information. <laughs> um, so I recommend Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I would also recommend Punks in Pubs podcast as well um so yeah give those a go if you're looking for information yes um, on million dead Uh, it's very interesting um, but i am (laughs) forewarning not going to cover that today okay so um what i'd like to start with is going right the way back um your first experience or or exposure to music and i I generally like to start with car music Um, right can you remember have you got a a, an image uh yeah definitely i mean um my parents Generally speaking, listen to classical and church music. Okay. Um, so rock and roll didn't feature very highly um, in the first decade of my life. 
I do remember us having a copy of Sergeant Pepper on cassette that I think my mum bought because she thought that her children should probably know something about rock and roll. And okay, that was, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, my mum was like, the Beatles, they're a rock and roll band. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so we had that. Um, so I can, I've got memories of that. The other thing I remember listening to the car a lot, which is a thing that I kind of rediscovered um, in my adulthood, um, is an act called Flanders and Swan, who are an old okay. uh, British musical act, sort of um, variety act, who... Right. Um, uh, kind of like Tom Lehrer style songs, but they they were kind of this. Even in the fifties and sixties, when they finished their career with some, they did their first recordings right at the end of their career, and they were kind of a, uh, a museum piece almost by then. Right. Um, and and we just and they've got very witty, funny little musical songs, and um, I loved them as a kid, and then kind of forgot about them or, or got too cool to listen yeah, to because yeah, I was into punk rock. Too cool. Yeah. Um, and then and then I kind of rediscovered them a few years ago, and I've just absolutely kind of fallen back in love with them i've actually covered two of their songs on releases um the slow train and the armadillo but okay. i could quite happily and may in fact one day do an album of flans and swan covers awesome i'll look forward to that i'll check yeah. them out that sounds fun so sort yeah. of like old school musical yeah yeah acts. and i mean there's yeah. you know sort of very touch very very smart lyrics very i mean some of them quite funny but in a very sort of like gentle way nice. um but also like really moving i mean like the song the warthog can still reduce me to tears um and it's about a warthog and she goes to the jungle ball and no one wants to dance her because she's a warthog and she's put on too much makeup and her dress is over the top oh no but then the gentleman warthog arrives and says you're wearing too much makeup and that dress is rubbish but let's dance together anyway because I'm a warthog too awesome it's beautiful awesome we think we can all learn something from that yeah 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 excellent Um, so how did that how did you then progress I guess what was your first um what was the first album that you bought um, from your own like, volition? Yeah, well, so the, the, I had this kind of... Um, I was around 10 years old. I can't put an exact date on yeah. it, but um, I, was into, I was into Games Workshop, actually, of all yes, things. Yes, Hero and I was Yeah, I was, I was playing Games Workshop with a friend of mine, and his older brother, his like, bedroom door was ajar, and he had an Iron Maiden poster on the wall. And I assumed it was something to do with Games Workshop, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And my <laughs> friend said, oh, that's a band. And I yeah. said, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> There's no band that could be that cool yeah. as to have a zombie cowboy in the future. There's the Stranger in yeah, Strange Land yeah. poster. Um, and he said, no, 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 it's a band. So I mentioned it to my dad. And my dad, um, I grew up in Winchester and my dad used to commute. Um, and he, on his way home, there used to be an R price at Waterloo Station. Imagine yeah. that. Um, and he picked up a copy of Killers on cassette for me. I, my dad had yes. no idea what he was buying. but um, <laughs> And I listened to it and it kind of blew my mind. Yeah. Like instantaneously, I can actually vividly remember listening to Ides of March for the first time, and just just kind of going, "Oh, well, okay." There was my life before this moment, yes. and there's my life after it. I actually had the artwork to kill a tattooed on my leg. Awesome because of this, and um, so you know, and then I immediately, <clears throat> then I immediately sat around just listening to Iron Maiden, and I went out and like you know, saved up my pocket money and bought every Iron Maiden record on cassette. Yes. Um, I had a cousin who then. I had a cousin who was sort of realised that I wasn't aware of any other bands. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> who so needs, he, who needs yeah, another Yeah, well, band? well, good question. Point. But he then made me a cassette that had um, it had ACDC's Thunderstruck on okay. one side. I've and, taken my statement back. Yeah, and then and then on the other side it had um, Judas Priest Painkiller um, because he you know yeah. he was he's like ten years older than me and he was like well if you're into Maiden you're probably into this stuff too yeah um, so I got that and then the next thing that happened was uh, the Freddie Mercury tribute concert was broadcast live on TV okay yeah um, and my older sister who is two and a half years older than me was sort of savvy enough to be aware that this is probably a thing that we should pay attention to 
And again, I can remember just sitting in front of the TV with our jaws in our laps, just going, holy fuck, what is this? Yeah. Because it opens with Metallica and then it goes to Guns N' Roses. Do you know what I mean? And it, it was, was I, I, I'm slightly younger, but I, yeah, like a year yeah. younger, but I remember yeah. my, my and friend's they, parents had recorded it. And, yeah. yeah, well, we recorded it on VHS and we've still got yeah. that somewhere. I mean, I'm not sure I've got the facility to play it anymore, no. but... Um, but yeah, and you know, and there was um, uh, loads of Queen, obviously Black Sabbath were involved, all that kind of yeah. thing. And actually, the the funniest bit of it for me was the fact that we did we weren't aware that Spinal Tap were a joke because how would we know this? <laughs> no, no. And we couldn't figure out why everyone started laughing every time they said anything. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, what's up with this Spinal Tap band? Watching it as an adult, there is still one of the fucking funniest one-liners I've ever seen in my life, which is, and it's very clearly not scripted. Yeah. Um, uh, David, as it were, from from uh, Spinal Tap, spots James Hetfield in the camera's rolling, and he just walks up to him and he goes, "The Black Album, yeah? What's that about?" <laughs> and James Hetfield is just completely at a loss yeah. for words as to what to say. So pretty good. Yeah, I mean, thinking about it, I hadn't, I hadn't even considered that concert. It was that's basically a well-rounded musical education in one concert. Yeah, for especially for hard rock. I mean, it's interesting that at the time. I really like um, the kind of George Michael, Lisa Stanfield end of it. Didn't do anything for me. Um, I've grown to respect George Michael yeah. a lot um, as I've grown up, but I, it's still. I was always clearly meant to be like a rock and metal kid because yeah. it, it was just there was very obviously some bits of it that I loved and some I didn't. Absolutely, and it, that's actually the second time in recording these podcasts that that concert has been cited as a right. sort of key moment. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, it's you know, it's a, it's a shame that I only became aware of Queen's existence with his past. Actually, yeah. short. So going through his, in my own music history. So I spend a lot of time listening to that. My my best friend and next door neighbour, who I'm in fact releasing a side project record with later this year, about which more another time because we okay. haven't announced anything about it yet. I'm but, taking um, it as an exclusive. Yeah, kind of. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, it's a very very odd record. But he he got into Metallica and stuff, and then we started comparing notes and buying Kerrang magazine, and we got yeah. into like you know Pantera and Sepultura. Um, got heavily into the Wild Hearts, which I still am. Yeah. Um, Ginger might be coming this evening, which would be lovely. Uh, um, and uh, you know, got really hard into all that stuff. And then and then obviously Nirvana yeah. um came along. And I remember I got I got a copy of um I got a copy of Nevermind on cassette, which I liked. Then I got a copy of In Utero on cassette, which I loved. Um, and indeed, if, I know this sounds like I'm doing a tour, but like I, 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 I got the In Utero Angel tattooed on my shin three days ago, and it awesome. hurt a lot. Um, but uh, and it's next to edit, it's next to Iron Maiden as well. That's for a good reason. Yeah, nice, um, nice but yeah. Company. So uh, and and what I loved about In Utero is like. Um, I think anyone who's into punk rock has what I consider their sort of punk rock big bang moment when you figure out what the word actually means. And for yeah. me, it was just the fact that like, I loved Metallica, I loved Maiden, and I had a guitar and Chris had a drum kit and we couldn't make sounds like that. No. Do you know what I mean? And it was partly technical skill and it was partly the, the equipment we were working with. But, you know, we couldn't do a cover of Run no. to the Hills or anything like that. And then I had a neutro and I was like, I can play those chords and that sounds like a drum kit in a room. Yeah, and therefore, like all bets are off. The barriers are down. This is ex this is we can fucking do this. And and of course, yeah. it then raises interesting questions about why Nirvana are amazing and why we were awful, um, <laughs> which is partly because we were twelve. Yeah. Um. But but you know, it's it, it's that moment of kind of accessibility and about anyone can do this. That to absolutely. Me. Um. And and it's funny, like it's a thing that I think has been slightly erased from history. Kurt Cobain used to talk about punk all the 
He used to mm. refer to himself as a punk. Yeah. Um, he then, very shortly after that, killed himself, which I took quite personally at the time because <laughs> I just discovered my new favourite band, and yeah. then he died um and i remember being quite miffed yeah uh, i did a school project on his death um i had we had wow. to do a school project on an event in the news yeah okay. I, I, somewhere in my storage unit that will be there and it will be crushingly <laughs> embarrassing um but yeah so uh and then and then after that i mean it's it's an interesting bit of music history generally and it, i was at the sort of demographic heart of this um the world, I think, was quite sort of like burned out by grunge and about how it had ended so terribly and how how ridiculous the music industry got around that when they were just signing any bunch of idiots okay. from Seattle and all the rest of it. Yeah, and then and everyone kind of needed something that was sincere and fun, but also fun. And then Dookie and Smash came out, and both yeah. of those just landed in my life. Absolutely, and I I think I I have similar sort of thing, and specifically with with Dookie um, and and smash um and in the, in the same week uh, i think i was late on both of these also um those two were on sides of tapes yeah, yeah. that a friend had given me uh, and the same friend also gave me um the black album and on the other side was definitely maybe um, oh, wow. okay, so yeah, yeah <coughs> that's a musical Con- education yeah there's contrasts there but yeah that, that there w- is although that week was insane that yeah <laughs> right that raises an interesting <laughs> an interesting point though and i can discuss this more freely now that we're not in manchester um <laughs> <laughs> i i you just I, done two nights there yeah yeah, yeah which were great and i yeah. love manchester but like uh, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day who reminded me of the word grebo, which is yes. not a word that I've heard or used for an extremely yeah, long time. Yeah. And I was definitely a grebo. Yeah. And the thing about it for me was that like, I was kind of the target demographic for Britpop in the sense that I was kind of like 14-ish mm-hmm. when the whole Blur versus Oasis, Country House versus... Uh, roll with it. Roll with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, all that nonsense was going on. And at that moment in time, my journey into punk rock had just reached the point where I'd found Black Flag. Um, right, and, there's no going back then. Yeah, and it, so I actually homemade a t-shirt that said shit pop. <laughs> and I wore it to school and got the fuck kicked out of me instantly. Um, because it was like, if there was one thing that the Blur vs. Oasis tribes could rally around, it was somebody who wasn't interested oh, in both. Yeah. So... Um, you know, and I and I'd like bleach my hair white and like you know started wearing yeah. like safety pin T-shirts and stuff. And uh, you know, you very quickly if once you get the punk bug, you're you're, you're a lost yeah. soul. And like I was into like rants and no effects as, as well, but also the Clash and the Pistols and blah blah blah. And it was kind of a defining thing for me that I hated Britpop uh, yeah. when everybody else loved that's, it. Yeah, that's that's a big statement. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, it's funny because in the so doing, I mean, everybody. Adolescence is about self-definition to a degree, mm-hmm. but like um, I definitely missed some great bands in the process. I mean, I've grown up to kind of realize that I should have paid more attention to Pulp. Um, I yeah. have more appreciation of Oasis as songwriters now than I did when I was a kid. I still Blur still don't. They still leave me cold. Yeah, Blur sound like art school kids playing a trick on That's you. That's exactly to me. what that is. That's exactly what they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just it just feels like they're slightly laughing at you. Um, yeah, I think and, they may they may well be. Yeah, and yeah. certainly definitely not with you. Yeah, um, yeah, okay, I get that. The other thing I'd say, I'm fascinated <laughs> by Damon Album because I think he's a hugely talented individual, but I feel like he's never quite fully let his guard down. He's a very sort of arch, very calculated yeah. writer. And every time he does anything, I listen to it because I'm fa- I just want to hear him write one song where he says what he really means without necessarily inflecting it in some way. And 
I might be wrong. There's a, there's a challenge there. Yeah, and let's and get I'm, that message a, out. There are Blur fans who will yeah. listen to this who tell me I'm a complete idiot, and that's completely legit. But for me, that's how I've always felt about Blur. I, I respect them mm. enormously, but it doesn't it doesn't touch my it touches my brain, but not my heart. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I think you they know? wrote some interesting music, yeah. and there's there's a lot of intelligence in the yeah. music. But the, yeah, the, I can, the other I thing I would that. say, I saw Blur live a few years ago and was shocked at how good they were. Yeah, in the sense that like they were kind of punk live. Yes, like Damon yeah. was in the fucking crowd and it was like loud and it was dirty and i was like oh i didn't expect yeah that. i mean so props I, th- to them I think when i when i was probably like 11 12 when mm. when sort of park life and such came out i yeah. remember a friend having a, a vhs of blur yeah. live uh which was 35 minutes long and they didn't finish the set um because they were falling over drunk right. um and they were <laughs> wow. And stuff, and and yeah. that was you know that's what they actually went. Yes, yeah. let's release that as yeah, a commercial yeah, yeah. as a commercial right. live well, video. And by contrast, I used to, <laughs> one of my issues with Oasis then and now was how utterly fucking dull they were live. I don't want to see a guy in a yeah. Mac and sunglasses stand still. What's the point? Yeah, it's a, it's boring. I don't want to see I, a bunch of people look bored on stage. I am yet to yet to see either, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think I've foregone well, the, them for Muse a few times. Yeah, the, the the thing that I would hold on to of my youthful opinion about Britpop is that the whole Britpop thing had a large degree of irony in its DNA, which is a quality in music that I find pretty kind of tedious. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's like if you don't mean it, then why should I care? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, do you know what I mean? I, can, I just. And it's funny because, like, for me in my career, various people who I suspect are bigger Oasis fans than I am um, <laughs> uh, have criticised me at certain points for being overly sincere or whatever. And I just sort of find it difficult to see that a as a criticism. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's just it's like I mean what I say. Are there, are there, it's it takes a lot of time and effort to write, record, and perform all this shit. What's the point if yeah. you don't mean it? Do you know what no, I mean? It's 100%. Just a waste of everyone's time. And I, and I think you know that's probably one of the things that all of the bands that you've mentioned before Britpop have in common yeah. is there's a, you know, even going to, you know, back to Maiden, yeah. like, even that, they, there's an intensity in, right. uh, in, the, in the way yeah. that those lyrics are formed yeah, yeah. in their performance. And I think, I think it's important to actually, as an adult, to phrase this in a way that isn't quite so sort of like sweeping. I'm not saying that that's what constitutes good music. That no. con- that's what constitutes music that I like. Absolutely. And there is room yeah. enough. This is a big thing I'm into at the moment is just like, I'm just bored of people who spend their time hating on bands. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if you don't like a band, don't listen to them. Yeah. Move on. And actually, I'm going to go on a minor rant here. Go for like, it. Uh, you know, I don't like Kasabian's music, but you know what Kasabian do? Every day mm. they get up and they make Kasabian fans happy, and that is a worthwhile <laughs> thing to do with their time, and I respect them and I wish them every success on that yeah. level. And it's just, what is the point in me being annoyed that Kasabian sell a lot of tickets and records? It's They're adding to the sum total of human happiness. Yeah. No one's making me listen to their music. I wish them well. I, I feel the same about Red Hot Chili Peppers. I can't stand their music, but I mean, I have friends who love the Red Hot Chili yeah, Peppers, yeah. And, they, and their music makes them happy, so move on. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's time enough. You don't have to listen yeah. to it. Nobody's there's, forcing there is you more to listen to it. music in the world yeah, than yeah. any one human could ever listen to. So just find stuff you like and listen to that and stop banging on about bands you don't like. Yeah? Fair anyway, point. End rant. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to then your, your first experience of live music then. Uh, well, okay. So, uh, there was an incident that we're going back a bit. Um, I went and bought a copy of Kerrang! magazine from the local shop. Um, when I, just after getting in, to, because it had Iron Maiden on the cover. Uh, no Prayer for the Dying tour, it would have been. Nice. Um, and I took it home, and my mum kind of grabbed it off me. And my parents are very kind of like socially conservative. Um, I love them dearly, but 
that's who they are. And um, there was a feature on um, My Dying Bride in there that featured them in okay. corpse paint hanging out with like beheaded mannequins and stuff. <laughs> and my mum was just like, nope. Um, <clears throat> so I was banned from buying Kerrang. This is a true story. Wow. At the age when my friends were running into WH Smith and trying to shoplift or surreptitiously buy uh, <laughs> porn magazines, I was trying to shoplift and surreptitiously buy Raw and Kerrang. Yeah. Because those are the two Raw, magazines. Oh, yeah. Could, I'd yeah. forgotten about Raw. I used to love Raw. Um, <laughs> You know, and and those are the magazines that cover the bands I like, and yeah. I would I would put them in up my t shirt and take them home, so my mum didn't know and like read them under the covers. Um, so <laughs> I was also predictably, I was banned from going to gigs. So there was no way I was allowed to go to a gig, and yeah. like that was a big thing. And then in, uh, I mean, it's funny. It felt like an eternity at the time, but thinking back, it can't have been that long after that incident these incidents i did go to my first gig and i can tell you exactly where and when it was it was in probably 1996 at a guess and it was at the joiners arms in southampton and it was a band called snug and snug were a british pop punk band in the vein of kind of symposium and that kind oh, of oh yeah 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 um and guys they, that went on to be hellish for heroes yes some of, yeah um yeah. and they had a song called my girl keith that briefly did some good business okay. and they were doing that level of venue and the thing was the singer and snug's mum was friends with my mum Right, which okay. gave that's just randomly, um, uh, uh, which sort of gave her an in on yeah. kind of okaying it. So she said that I could go, and I went down, and I was so excited. And I think I'm right in saying I I pogoed through the support act and all the way through the between bands, the changeover music, and through <laughs> just losing Non-stop. my mind. Yeah, just like, ah! um, and uh, Snug have sadly been forgotten by history, apart from the fact that their guitar player was one Ed Harcourt. Oh, wow. Um, who yeah. I am now friends with and tour with and stuff, and it's really yeah. funny because the first time we met as adults, if you like, um, I was like, man, I saw you play with Snug, and he was like, don't mention yeah, end of conversation band. do you know what i mean he was like that's that's off limits um which is a shame i mean i thought they were great um yeah the well time. they've got sentimental value for you yeah so, yeah. yeah so yeah. i mean i i i uh, uh that was my first love show awesome i didn't mine was way i was much much older i discovered the, all the albums i've mentioned when i was living mm. in hertfordshire right. and that same summer i moved to whitby um right and nobody goes there. nobody goes nobody, to whitby. nobody yes, goes there and um, that's a hint if you want to take it you know <laughs> I you know, I'm not sure I have ever played in Whitby. And like, no, the last time I, I had a conversation like this, okay, I have a friend called Ian Winwood, um, who's okay. one of my dearest friends. He's he's like uh, Green Day and Metallica's official biographer, and he writes for Kerrang! Okay, and all yeah. stuff. He's a very, very smart man. He's from Barnsley, and a few years ago, he was around my flat, and we were getting pissed, and he went on this titanic rant about the fact that like bands like me and Biffy and Edge Shikari, all these bands who are like, we play everywhere, we've done everywhere. He's like, yeah. none of you have ever fucking been to Barnsley. <laughs> and I said, we were quite drunk. I was like... You book the fucking show and I'll come. And he did. Excellent. Uh, and I went to Barnsley and I played a solo show in a pub as a benefit for the um, Miners um, Health Fund, whatever right, it is. Okay. Um, uh, th- there's a Miners charity. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I did it and we got like 200 people in the room. And now Excellent. I've played Barnsley. So there fuck you, you Ian. Um, <laughs> I stayed at his mum's house and everything. It was great. Awesome. Well, yeah, let's do the same for Whitby. My friend owns the okay. Whitby Brewery. They've just got a music license. Okay. Go play right. it. We'll get 50 people in. It'll be awesome. Okay. That's cool. the deal. Um, so um, in terms of them, um, what made you want to pick up an instrument? You know, I, I think in everything in, that in my life, and I think this comes down to kind of like probably a mixture of upbringing and, ca- and dna but like i'm just a participatory person so my sisters if there's something i like i want to do it yeah and the, when i heard that maiden record the very first thing i thought was like how do i do this how do i make this noise how do i become 
one of the people who makes this kind of noise. And never, emphatically never in a way, I've, I've just never been all that interested in like the rock star trapping bullshit. It was never about that. You know, it was, I didn't, I didn't want to, I did, it wasn't into it because I wanted to stand on stage in front of a thousand people. I just wanted to make that kind of noise. Yeah. It was very pure as a kid. In fact, as a kid, I didn't. I wasn't really aware of like Maiden playing shows as a concept. Right, I just okay. had this music and I was like, I want to do that. And for yeah. my uh, 11th birthday, I got uh, the Argos starter pack, you know, the yes. sort of black and white strat copy, 30 watt amp, yeah. comes with a strap and a lead, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, as a selling point. That's an extra yeah. bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my mom got me like the Burt Whedon play in a day book and I got awesome. like a tab book for... Uh, for an Iron Maiden album and then failed. Yeah, I was going to say, fucking up. That, that's a mission to start with. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, then actually, in a fu- in a way that plays into where we're sitting now, it, it's a kind of, it's like a subplot that became the main plot in a very odd way. Um, my sister, my older sister, was bang into stuff like Counting Crows, Soul Asylum and Levelers. And yeah. I started learning their songs because they were easy to play. And I wasn't okay. actually initially all that into that stuff yeah, yeah. i was just like cool I, it's a song, good. I can make this song but then in the process particularly august and everything after in the process of yeah. learning how to play that record i kind of went oh this band's actually kind of great and i have to say that i think that about 86 percent of everything i think about songwriting comes from that band wow um, okay uh, and it's it, it, it puzzles huh? me that less people spot that in what i do right because to me yeah. it's just screechingly obvious all the time that i'm just yeah. ripping off count crows endlessly <laughs> um but uh but and and you know and it's it's weird for me now because I'm friends with Adam now, and and that's a well. Nice. I say friends with like we text every now and yeah, again, yeah. and we hang out when we're in the same place. And I'm just constantly kind of going, "Fuck it, it's And my sister like borderline refuses to speak to me because of this. Actually, she also got really angry when I toured with the Levs for the first time because we've done loads yeah. of shit together now. Yes, but we toured together in 2008, and she she sent me a text and was like, "Fuck you, I fancied Jeremy first. Nice. We we were there. Um, oh, nice. You actually you actually dedicated a song to one of us because we were shouting loud. Oh, it, it was. Well, there you go. Yeah, you were doing a solo a solo gig, <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah you and just that got band, a, Divicate like, Bill. We're on as oh, yeah. You just stomp, got a start like a stomp top, box thing. The yeah, only tour I ever it. did with the stomp box because it yeah. made me fall over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we were quite drunk and very excited. And I think just I to get us to shut too. up, you were just like, "Yeah, this is for you. Shut, shut up." Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's nice to see you so, boys again. Yeah, yeah. So it's long overdue catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so in terms of. <laughs> I've just been waiting my which, like, all of which, these which show was that? Well, it at Leeds at, uh, Leeds at the O2 at the O2 yeah right 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 yeah nice it was great awesome. it was great good stuff um, so in, in ter- can you remember your first musical performance then what was your first band oh and what Lord. did you do okay Christ this is this is stuff I haven't ever really talked about in interviews before but fuck I've it I've done my here. research um, <laughs> so me and that guy Chris who I mentioned earlier he got drum kit I had a guitar then uh, there was another kid called Sam who had a guitar and then there was another kid called Toby who had a guitar. And we were all friends. We all went to primary school together and we were all sort of hanging out. And then um, I was kind of the last one to be asked to join that, that kind of lineup. And this is the hilarious bit of teenage drama. Basically what happened was Sam, who is a lovely guy, and I, I hear from him every now and once in a blue moon these days, but he wasn't getting the other guys weren't getting on with him the the main his main crime was that his suggestion for a band name was the red barons right which okay. everybody else thought was so shit that he needed to not be in the band anymore <laughs> but they were all too scared That's to fire extreme. him so i was told that i could join the band on condition that i fired sam uh, <laughs> right which i did 
Baptism of fire there. I know, it's so <laughs> dramatic. And and I did, and I don't think Sam's ever forgiven me. And if Sam ever hears this, man, I'm fucking sorry. Yeah. Um, this is this is like that <clears throat> Bono's doppelganger thing. He could yeah. have that sort of complex. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I still feel pretty bad about that. But um, So yeah, so I... Uh, I uh, um, I did that and then joined joined the band and then we we never did settle on a band name really um <laughs> ironically enough we did at one point decide that we were called Headcase and then another band called Headcase came out um and we were really annoyed and you'd not copyrighted it no well i mean we ne- we only played like so i think i'm right in saying that the first performance of any kind that i did in front of people who weren't in the band yeah would have been at my sister's <laughs> probably 15th birthday i guess okay. because she thought it was cool that her little brother was and we played acdc in the barn yeah so she was um, right was yeah cool. so and we and we played and and her and we were all kind of giggling because her she came in with her friends and it was like the 10 girls in the room we were like <laughs> fucking hell um and then we played uh and then i'm, I'm pretty sure we then played rape me by nirvana which <laughs> perhaps, perhaps not the yeah. most kind of like um uh, judicious choice of song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and now you know, the cake. And then the first song I ever played in the band was Highway to Hell with that band. But yeah, we played that, and then we played Toby's birthday as well, which was marked by the fact that everyone left. <laughs> <laughs> He'd hired a village hall for his like fifteenth, fourteenth birthday oh, wow. somewhere in there, and we started playing. And all of his mates went outside to smoke cigarettes and snog. Yeah, and I was really gutted. Um, but yeah, I mean that band basically after covering stuff for a while, I would do this thing where I would kind of write songs. Every because we rehearse on the weekends. Yeah. I'd write, every week I'd write like five songs, which generally speaking were just like four random chords for the verse and four random chords for the chorus. Yeah, and a bunch of nonsense lyrics, and I just shout Excellent. over the top, and that was songwriting. For that me sounds amazing. Yeah, um, it's all about the energy and the well, performance. The is, then Chris, Chris has tapes of this shit recorded on a boombox in the corner of a practice room and I'm going to have to kill him because if anyone ever hears he's, any of this shit I, he's got I the evidence. die a death inside me there's <laughs> some b-sides um, for you there yeah Stick I mean I was you know I was I was this is between the ages of kind of like 12 and 14 probably okay. maybe 15 um so you know it was and we actually we did record two demos again which exist and again which I will murder anyone who ever Gets copy of, which would be quite a few people actually, because I kind of taped it and gave it to all right. my friends. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry, my childhood friends, death is imminent. Um, uh, but um, but yeah, that was. An, uh, but we never, we only ever really did two gigs, which was both birthday parties. We never like played a gig gig. Yeah. Although although I do remember, I have a very, very vivid memory of us going to a battle of the bands at the Southampton Guildhall and kind of going, wow, we should go in for this next year. This would be amazing. And thinking, wow, imagine if I ever played first on on that stage. And now we headline there all the time, and that makes me feel really good. There you go. Full I'm circle. blowing my own trumpet there, but it's That's worth nice. it. That's nice. That's nice. Well, you're about to play on, I mean, probably, you bring, brought your own stage with you? Is that, uh, is it? Yes, I think yes, we do. So these kind of venues, yeah. Same space as Maiden, which I imagine you've done quite a few times now. <coughs> we, have, we played on the same stage as you them have. on the same day at the Sonosphere one oh, year, nice. um, which was awesome. Yeah, bucket list. Yeah, not least because yeah. you're standing in the wings and all of their shit's there under tarpaulins. Yeah, so yeah like, under it's Eddie. Eddie. It's Eddie. Yeah. It's up there. <laughs> Eddie gets to watch you. <coughs> um, so, uh, new album. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Be More Kind. Yes. Um, very, very nice. Absolutely loving it. I. It, it was... 
it's, I think it's probably fair to say that it's a slightly different direction that you've taken. Yeah, I mean, um, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's um, the idea. Absolutely. It um, is, the, the conservatism of some music fans never ceases to amaze. It's yeah. different from the last thing, they shout. And I say, that was the idea. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I'm not interested in repeating myself. But yes, I, I, it, we definitely more so than usual. Yeah, more, there's always been a progression through, yeah, yeah, through yeah. the other albums, but I, I really think it's a bigger jump. Like just see what would happen yeah. this time around and I think for the most part it, it's been a success it's been really fun playing with loops and synths and all yeah. that kind of thing um, it's hilarious to me that um, when we released the song Make America Great Again I got more flack for the synthesizers than I did for the politics um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> Frank Turner thanks. doesn't use yeah. synthesizers yeah yeah oh it's also about American politics it's just kind of <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Uh, incidentally um, but I, you know I mean People are entitled to their opinions, of course. Um, that's another thing. Like, I mean, people sort of quite performatively tell me that they only prefer the early albums or whatever. To yeah. which the, the only answer is thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that still you there. like anything that I do. And we <laughs> play shit from every album every yeah. night. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I'm, I've binned off Sleepers for the Week. It's still part no. of the set, you know? Absolutely. And um, in terms of the, I guess, the, the thematic content for the new album, yeah. that's probably been more prominent than than in other albums yeah i um, mean it's sort of it's definitely kind of it's more um pointed should we say yeah i mean the thing is you know again uh, like it's funny after when tape deck heart came out everyone was like whoa this song's about england and it's like well, I, I did that that was that album that's why it's got the word in the fucking title <laughs> yeah now i'm writing about something else <laughs> and and tape deck heart thematically tape deck heart and positive songs are two sides of a coin it's yeah. about a collapse and a, and a recovery um, in my personal life and then again it was I got to the end of Positive Songs and it was very much like cool done we've done that draw a yeah. line of that write about something else and also I mean the thing is you know I, I took a I took a few years off from writing any writing or talking about politics in any sense which made my blood pressure drop and my sleep <laughs> yeah. improve and you know I, I could live a long and happy life without ever fucking talking about politics again and the one thing about that that I would say is that at least to me that demonstrates that the choice of subject matter for this album was sincere. Do you know what I mean? In yeah. the sense that I felt like I had to say something. Absolutely. And going um, back to going back to what you're saying about actually, if you're going to put out a record, you're going to write a record, then you may as well fucking mean what you're going to say. Well, quite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it just, you know, I, I just sort of felt like I had a thing that I needed to say, which felt quite sort of pure in a funny way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It was just like... And and I was there were nerves in the sense that it's like oh my god Twitter, uh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like and and it was like am I putting my hat back in this ring? Um, but you know uh, it needed doing, and I feel like I've said my piece. And the next record will not be about the same thing. No, and just brace yourselves, everyone. Okay. In fact, I'm have you started writing? I'm recording. Uh, oh, the day after Ali Pali, I'm in the studio. So uh, awesome. And that's going to be a radically different record as well. And I won't tell you any more about it just yet. Okay. Because it enough. will surprise everybody. Excellent. Very good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've got a few other projects you've mentioned. You've given us the exclusive on the on the next one. Well, with, with yeah, all of so that, that, my mate Chris, who's in that band, he's now into extremely uh, weird and heavy electro. Okay. Um, and uh, we've made a very, very, very strange record together. Um, okay. Can you, can you liken it to something? Not no. really. <laughs> it's sort of a covers album and sort okay. of absolutely not. Um, uh but you'll see what I mean. I mean, we, we haven't actually, predictably for me and him, quite decided on a band name for it yet either. Okay. But that should be out this summer, and it will 
it's impossible to play live, so there won't be any shows. Um, okay, uh, right. Because it's very, very heavy audio manipulation. It's a, it's very much in the vein of stuff like I don't know if you're familiar with like um, Otto von Schirach, um, uh, Einstein's Neubarten. No, Neubarten. It's, it's like very, very manipulated, heavy as okay. fuck electronic. That's stuff for me to check out. It's awesome. noisy, fucking nightmarishly awful. <laughs> like it's great. I'm excited about it. Excellent. Um, so yeah, so that and then and then we are working on more Mongol Horde music. Cool. As, as that was going to be my speak. next one. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the Horde is like, um, part of the rule about Mongol Horde for me is that it has to be fun. Yes. And if there's ever a moment where Mongol Horde starts feeling like work, I'm just yeah. like, hold the phone. And it's like, I, I don't want to, I, I, I spend a lot of time oscillating on whether or not, what whether I'm allowed to use the word work and job around what I do, what I'm doing Yeah, today. okay. Yeah. And I think it, it can, it because there are elements of it yep. that are not just pure artistic abandon. Do you no. know what I mean? Quite a few. In fact, the majority of my day, in fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, and thank you for doing this. <laughs> well, <laughs> nicely done. Um, but, you know, but 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 with, with the Horde, it's very much like, I mean, you know, we don't tend to do interviews for Mongol Horde. No. Um, and we don't, you know, we tour when we feel like it and we make music when we feel like it. Yeah. And I don't want to feel pressured into it. But at the same time, like, it's funny. We did the first album, we did the tour. And then we it sort of we put it to bed, and I think we'd all just kind of decided that was probably that. And then in January last year, I had a gap in my diary, and I was like, "Why don't we do some Mongol Horde shows?" Yeah. And everyone went, "Oh yeah." And the thing that we hadn't noted, realized, or hadn't thought about because we're idiots, is that in between the tour in 2014 and the tour in 20. 18 mm-hmm. people had been listening to the yes. album and now knew the songs <laughs> and um, yeah, so yeah. i put the shows on sale and sold loads of tickets yeah. and we all were like oh okay uh, uh and then we got to the first show and everyone sung along with everything yeah. and we were just like fuck this is like oh my god we should do this yeah, yeah. Uh, so agreed we, went, we came off the door going yeah and we've now we're halfway through recording a three-song EP, awesome. so that's the speed. <laughs> that's the speed at which Mongol Hall works. Awesome, um, but we are hoping to get an album in the bag before the end of the year. That will be um, amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, at the moment, we're mainly coming up with silly ideas for album titles. I can tell you this one because it's been rejected by the two morons I'm in a band with. I wanted to call the album <laughs> Schmongol Hood, so the yes. front cover would just say Mongol Hood, Schmongol Hood. But apparently. That's well, not funny or whatever. That's wrong. Idiots. I, Idiots. I similarly lost a battle. I feel that all middle names should rhyme with the first name. Um, but I lost the battle on my with my son and my daughter. Um, neither of those <laughs> rhyme. Um, I know your time is very tight. I have a very quick quiz. Ten questions. Let's do it. Because uh, I know you're a mastermind uh, champion. I, it's let's one see. of my proudest achievements. Let's see how you do. Okay. Can you be uh, Roger Lima from Less Than Jake? Current, okay. current, current winner. <laughs> Okay. okay, let's go. The answers are only Yorkshire or not Yorkshire. Okay, oh, so it's either exclusive only to Yorkshire or could be anywhere including Yorkshire. Okay. So Yorkshire, not Yorkshire. Welshmen, a band from entering the city before sunrise and must leave before sunset. Not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire, Chester. There we go. It is illegal for a public house owner to permit a person to be drunk on his premises. Yorkshire? Correct. That was a guess, but yeah. there we go. Most of these will be. <laughs> what are you saying? Right? Yeah. Anyway. I will be surprised and a little bit scared if you know them. Um, if someone knocks on your door needing to use the toilet, you must let them in. Not Yorkshire. Scotland, correct. Three for three. It is illegal. Oh, no, sorry. It is legal to murder a Scotsman. Not Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Oh, damn it. I mean- Specifically, York, so long as they're carrying a crossbow. Hey, wonderful. 
<laughs> okay. It is legal for a male to urinate in public as long as it's on the rear wheel of his motor vehicle and his right hand is on the vehicle. Not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire. Full UK. Really? Yeah. Wow. There you go. In July 2013, a law was passed that states it's illegal for adult children not to visit their parents often and they are also required to attend to their parents' spiritual needs. Not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire. China. Yeah, there we go. That didn't sound like a law that's no. been passed in this country. Um, it is illegal to drive with an uncaged bear. Yorkshire? Not Yorkshire. Nah. Missouri. Okay. <laughs> of course. Why would you have an uncaged bear in your car? Or a bear in any state. Well, yeah, there we go. Um, a law still exists from the Middle Ages that requires all males over the age of 14 to be trained in shooting a longbow. Uh not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire, full UK. There, yeah, there we go. Uh, there, a, a law still exists that was instated in the 1800s, which states a husband is allowed to beat his wife, but only once a month. Not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire, Arkansas. Oh, okay, there we go. And finally, it is illegal, and this is, this is for the win, by the way, it is <laughs> illegal to flush a toilet after 10pm. Not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire. Switzerland. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> the question is, when does it start again? Yeah, well, but we also, don't know. What do you, I mean, that's a ridiculous... What do you do if you're caught short in the well, middle of the night? You, you, plan, you got forward <coughs> planning. Wow. There man. we go. So did I win? You have won. Yes. Congratulations. Hooray. <laughs> I will add this to my list of achievements. In Very the, good. Are you about to actually give me a prize? No, you get it anyway. Oh, okay. But you well, can have it as a prize if you tell want. Tell me I only it's, get it because I got the... You are the only person that has this. Okay, there we go. Thank we you go. so much. That's absolutely wonderful. Mug and uh, Yorkshire Tea have donated individually wrapped bags for a special taste of Yorkshire. You're, where is that? <laughs> Their Yorkshire Tea have made a box of Yorkshire Tea with my oh, name on it for me God, as a is, one-off. This has taken me harassing no, them no, on... This on, is amazing. This is amazing. Their, on social media, they basically have given me a load of those to say, stop tagging us in shit. Here's oh, right, okay. some stuff, go away. Amazing. Well, my, so, my, my missus is like a militant tea drinker yeah. and she will only drink Yorkshire tea. Correct. So, there you go. Win. Thank you very much. Thank it's you so been much. an absolute pleasure. Cheers. Thanks, man. There we go. Frank Turner, I hope you very much enjoyed that. Um, I assume for pretty much everybody, this won't be your introduction to Frank Turner. If it is, then... Check out his entire back catalogue. Um, like I say, Frank Turner and Sleeping Souls, which is his main project at the moment. Um, a whole host of albums of now very much varying um, styles. It's still got a classic Frank Turner tone uh, and feel to it. But, you know, as you mentioned, there's, there's far more synths um, in the new stuff. Uh, it's got far more of a sort of disco feel at points. So give that a go. Um, check out Mongol Horde if you want something a bit more screamy, shouty um, uh, and funny. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. I, I love Mongol Horde. And if, if slash hopefully when they tour again, do go and see them. Um, it's, it's a brilliant experience and it's it's an absolutely mental show for, for three people who, as Frank says, it's, are just mucking around effectively, basically just having some fun. It's It's brilliant. So, yeah, check that out. I'm sure there's a load of videos online as well. If you want to just have a sneaky peek, do that. Um, and, yeah, check out Million Dead as well. Um, 
Frank is also very, very busy in that he's he's collaborated with a whole host of other people. So again, get stuck in a, a YouTube wormhole um, and see the different people that he's collaborated with. Um, he's done loads of stuff with Brian Fallon, um, Chuck Reagan. I'd also recommend he's done a track with the Do Nots, um, which is brilliant as well. So yeah, check all of that out. And thank you very, very much for listening. Please do share this with everybody. Um, We're getting more and more listeners every week. um, So thank you very much for that. But yeah, do do share that around. Um, And we've got a new winner. So well done, Frank. Mastermind and Yorkshire Not Yorkshire champion so far. So yeah, thank you very much and good night.